Welcome back to another episode of Sweetness and Light, featuring me, one of your hosts, Eric Mark, and me, your other co-host, Justin, a.k.a. Justy Proust, on this momentous, unbelievably great occasion of episode 150. Dude, congratulations. It is amazing. 150 episodes. Who would have thought when we were youngins that we would have got this far? I mean, congratulations to you. Congratulations to our audience for holding in there. And uh, congratulations to Marconi for starting the whole radio revolution. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, every time it feels great, but 150 feels even better today for some reason. How about you? You know, it does. It's like there's never been a bad show. There's never been a, a, a day where it felt less uh, less good recording than any other day, but today actually feels better than any other day. Well, 100% so. And along this kind of vein of milestones here, I was watching a uh, program yesterday on Paramount Plus called uh, Cradle to Stage. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. So it's a really neat documentary series where David Grohl and his mom they go around to six or seven different artists, and they, they range everywhere from R&B to heavy metal to country, and they ended the series with Getty Lee, one of not only a great Canadian icon, but one of the great rock icons of all time. Yeah, that's amazing. So yeah, Getty, of course, went to the high school just up the street from me, and his, uh, and his partner, Alec Lifeson, went to my high school, and in fact was... Uh, uh, was the first ever class president at uh, at AY Jackson. So we're very connected to uh, to Rush, uh, and uh, you know, notably, Rush is the band with the most consecutive gold or platinum albums after the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. So, uh, so icons indeed. Um, yeah. So, let, so, so tell me about it. I know that uh, that Getty, you know, he's called that because his grandmother couldn't pronounce his uh, his name exactly correctly, and uh, and his parents, of course, were uh, were Holocaust survivors, which was you know an amazing thing. Well, so it was very interesting. Um, so, you know, both of them survived. His father survived uh, Auschwitz or uh, Dachau, and she survived um, uh, Auschwitz. I mean, just just insanity yeah. or Dachau, wow. I apologize. It was just, you know, unbelievable. Um, but it was very funny because it's part of the documentaries because usually I don't really get to see the humor side of Getty Lee. He's usually the artist side, but he's got a wicked sense of humor about his family. <laughs> well, he's, he's a pretty funny guy. I mean, if you remember, way back in the day, he he, he recorded uh, "Take Off to the Great White North" with uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie when uh, in in their uh, their second city peak way back in the day. And I guess then they uh, you know then they did um, "Strange Brew," the seminal uh, uh, beer uh, attack movie. Oh, absolutely. And it was just fun because he didn't really like he talks about different members of the band and how they got together. But the best part was he does a lot of impersonations of his mom. <laughs> and it's just hilarious how he does it. But one of the best moments of the whole thing for me was, um, I guess, when he retired from Rush and music in general, all of his family came and his mom and everyone was there. David Grohl, it was all these different band members there. And. They all got up and like afterwards, like gave like a little speech and it just sounded amazing. And it, I mean, he even got teary eyed talking about it. So, I mean, the man's had an unbelievably great career. And the funny part was they asked his mom, do you think when, when he was a kid, did you think he'd be successful? And right. I mean, without missing a beat, she goes, I knew he'd be successful, but not at music. <laughs> you know, well, that's the way. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Yeah. Mom. Yeah, oh, and I, I'm fairly certain that if my mom was to get interviewed, she'd say the same thing. So yes, I, that I think that she uh, thought you'd be that. successful, and but not at music, and uh, and look at you now. Hmm. 
hundred percent so. Yeah, I mean, it was it was sad though. Of course, how they how come they they retired because uh, you know Neil Peart had uh, had the drummer you know who and lyricist had died after a, a long battle with illness, who had gone through a very difficult you know later stages of life because his uh, his wife and and daughter had been killed in a in a car accident, you know, which uh, which had put him into a terrible funk, not not surprisingly, and. Uh, and put Rush on hiatus for some time, and then they came back and then ended uh, ended the career strong before he passed away. But uh, Neil and uh, uh, yeah, and the boys had, had uh, contributed a lot to uh, to the music world and Canadian culture. And then when when he was gone, uh, Alex and Yeti decided that uh, yeah that, that that was a good time to uh, to end what had been a very successful career. Absolutely, and. Uh, you know, the funny part to me, like looking back on his life and everything was his very first breakthrough. They were a band obviously touring for a while there, but his first real airplay on the radio, the DJ said, Getty sounds like a man who swallowed a thousand razor blades. And I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he is in some ways, yeah, an unlikely, you know, Frontman singer, he's the he, he, he's outstanding bassist, but a very unique voice, and uh, you know one that uh, uh, that's gotten a lot of claim, but not that that not everybody loves, certainly. Oh, absolutely, and he acknowledges that. The nice part about it is he acknowledges that, and I don't know, it's just it, the part of the series that is just so much fun to watch, especially like knowing all of these artists is like that they, they just don't compromise themselves. They don't ever. You know, they, they meet adversity and they overcome it. And, you know, they all go through massive periods of strife and insanity, but they overcome it and, you know, and they persevere. And it was just neat to hear all their different stories. And, the, and I think the underlying fact with all of it is, is that they have families that are not necessarily supportive at first, but later are. And they've got families that are like together, you know, like it's kind of like your family where you've got a very tight knit group of, of brothers and sisters and your mom's this, you know, patriarch, the matriarch of the family. And it, it's very, very strong. And it, it's just, it's a cool, it's just nice to see. Well, thanks buddy. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's certainly, as you know, helped to me work with you to get to, uh, to episode 150. You know, our, our career hasn't been quite as long as, uh, as Rush's, but uh, sometimes it feels like it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Some days it feels even longer, right? Yeah, yeah. It seems like we've been doing this since the beginning of, of time and maybe slightly before. Absolutely. And to, to add a little bit of pepper to this wound here, um, last night we had one of my daughter's friends over for a sleepover. Uh, her name is Juliet. Very, very nice, well-behaved girl. And she comes out last night. It's like 1030 at night and we're all basically in bed trying to fall asleep. And she comes downstairs and knocks on our door. So Kelly goes to answer it and she's like... Um, do all of your toilets work? <laughs> That's never something you want to hear at 1030 at night. And Kelly's like, uh, yes, why? She's like, well, one of them doesn't anymore. Wow. <laughs> Kelly goes upstairs and the girl, I, I don't really know what she did or how she did it, but the toilet paper roll was like still attached and when she flushed it, it like just flushed part of the roll with it. Like it pulled the roll, like like there was a piece of paper. She didn't tear it off and it just kept going. So Kelly walks upstairs and there's like a roll of toilet paper sucked down into <laughs> the toilet. 
Wow, that's amazing. That's uh, that's uh, that doesn't sound like something that just happens. I mean, that sounds like something you do to to your enemies and uh, and and don't necessarily report yourself on. I would a hundred percent agree with that sentiment. And the best part was she was. I mean, you know, the way Kelly describes it was that she was really making it sound like it was our plumbing issue and not hers. <laughs> well, maybe they do that at their home all the time, and it's not doesn't cause a problem. Um, I'm thinking about bringing it up. I'm not afraid to do that, as you know, and I I think I'm going to have to report well, back here as to exactly what the situation is at their house, but I also yeah. don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the mystery is part of what makes it fun, but uh, but uh, on the other hand, it, 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 there's certainly a, a uh, something to be solved here. And um, I mean, obviously, you know that that brings callbacks to uh, – why your first engagement was called off. <laughs> Are you talking about when her sister uh, produced that wonderful... Yeah, the snake that you... That, that, but that was, that was entirely above the waterline, you said. So I was dating a girl named Sarah, and her uh, sister was quite a bit younger, so I'd say she was like 14 or 15 at the time, and she'd been in the bathroom for a while, and she comes out... And the way their house was set up was they had a, a foyer bathroom, and then all the other bathrooms were uh, in the individual bedrooms. So that was really the only bathroom that you could use. So I had to go pee, and I walk in there, and first of all, you know, the, the smell was just, you know, it was palpable. It was bad. And I lifted the lid, and there was just, I mean, a turd like I've never seen before. I mean, something that they, they make horror movies out of. It was so big that it, it not only went down the slot, but it was coming back out of the water. It had breached the surface. And you said that it circled the, the perimeter of the, of, of the toilet above the waterline. Oh, it was, it was, it was a sight, man. It, it was something that, to this day, I've never been able to replicate or Thank God. Despite despite years of trying. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> despite the years of high fiber diets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Kudos to her. But you said, it, I guess that in itself, our listeners are probably wondering that in itself wouldn't end, you know, an engagement. But uh, it was because you uh, you came, you, you marched into the breakfast room and announced it to the fa to the family and uh, and humiliated her and scarred her for life that uh, that they decided you were not welcome as part of their family. It was it was not a good moment in time. I'll tell you that much because I come in giggling, and you can just see her sister's face. I think it was I think her name was Catherine, and uh, she was just beet red, and you could tell she was kind of embarrassed. And I just walk in, and I'm like, "Man, that is that is impressive." And her mother is was a genteel woman from Kentucky, uh, outside Louisville somewhere, and so a horse. You know, this is a big horse woman, a uh, big derby girl, and. These are just things you don't talk about, even though it is something impressive. Yeah, because, I mean, I think they th – that's the problem. They misinterpreted your intent. You meant it as a huge compliment. They took it as some kind of attack. Yeah, and that, you know, that's, that's on them. You know, Eric, I love that you – you know, you truly are a glass-half-full guy. But in this moment, I'm not sure I meant it as a compliment. I was just more <sighs> stunned, in awe, and questioning how someone could do that. But you knew this wasn't something you were going to see again, or at least not frequently. And it was something that, you know, that deserved to be celebrated and applauded. <laughs> celebrated and applauded. Absolutely. I, when we came back out, 
and uh, her mom was drinking a mimosa. I'm like, let's cheers to this. And uh, no, this is one of the situations well. where everyone's a winner. So you know, she 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 laid down something exciting and new, and you uh, you came in to enjoy it, and then you you shared it with the world. It was sort of like, uh, you know, I know I I know we're coming up on. Uh, you know, it, between now and then, there's a few national holidays that we celebrate and things like that. But we are coming up on uh, on, on another anniversary of Apollo 11 landing on the moon, which uh, which was a momentous occasion. And uh, you celebrate this like that, like other people celebrate that. Absolutely, um, because if you think about it, 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 it that kind of accomplishment. These are those things that truly only happen once in a lifetime, and you got to make sure not only do you remember where you are. You remember the scenery, you remember all these, you know, details in great, great, you know, vivid format. And so the same thing with the, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that if you were able to witness the Apollo landing, it would have the same effect on you. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, the, the, the great moments in humanity, uh, maybe several people have repeated them. Several people have gone to the moon, but only one person did it first and, uh, or, or walked on the moon first and, uh, this is equivalent of that. I mean, hearing this, a lot of people could go out, try to experiment and replicate what we're describing. Well, they could try. I'm not sure many people could do it, but at least, you know, someone probably could do something similar. But there was only one first, one, one, one occasion, one life changing, literally life changing since it ended your, your engagement and created the life that you're now living in. <laughs> Yes, Eric. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, the funny part is that you bring that up. I'd actually forgotten completely about that story. So I want to say thank you for bringing that back to the the forefront here. And I'm, I, I'm probably bringing it up as an example tonight uh, as we have family dinner talking about, you know, that Juliet, you know, this is twice in a lifetime of. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I think that it's, it's very important. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I think you know Juliet. Well, kudos to her, and I, I, I because I'm amazed what she's done too. I mean, uh, that, you know that that seems like it could be a, what you're describing could be a logo for our our other show. So I'm, you know, or an alternate logo. So I'm, <laughs> I'm impressed by that. Um, you know, I'm always impressed by the name Juliet, the uh, the ultimate uh, the romance name, and uh, and and one that that haunts me uh, when I'm going through you know a, a, another. Uh, uh, heartbreak situation. So there's a lot of callbacks coming up today, which is appropriate <laughs> because it is episode 150. Absolutely. And I, I will tell you right now, because it's such a momentous, uh, you know, time and such a, just a great episode in general, I do want to reflect on a couple moments here that I think that the, for those that are new, will appreciate. And for those that are longtime listeners will definitely enjoy reminiscing about, I will say that the first time of us recording was probably still etched in my brain is fantastic. And my favorite moment was actually not recording, but was the lead up to it. I don't know if you remember this, but we were waiting to go in. We were there about 45 minutes early and we went to the cafeteria and we were sitting outside just well, the, talking. The you know, commissary. Because we were, we were at the, yeah, we were on site at uh, recording at our, our friend Ethan Dettenmeyer's Brigade Radio 1 studios at Universal Studios. So yeah, fantastic. Yep, that's exactly right. Thank you for that. And my dad was outside. And he's like, "Listen, I'm not, uh, I'm not gonna, not gonna bug you guys at all. Why don't you just go do your thing?" And we're over there talking for a second. And I don't think I'm exaggerating. Probably every three to four minutes, he'd come over and just be like, 
are uh, are you guys ready? Are uh, are you guys ready? What, Dad, Dad? We're trying to work over here. We're trying to do this. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, I'm going to go back over here. So we'd sit down for a sec, fiddle with his phone, and a couple minutes later. So, uh, are you guys are you guys ready? You guys ready to do this? Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, and then he guest starred on episodes one and two, which we recorded over there, and, and you know, and was his. Uh, uh, a remarkable character as always, and you know, some, sometimes people are surprised that that, that that that's a real person, but he does it uh, so remarkably well. Um, <laughs> but that is, yeah, that is part of his his shtick, you know, checking in on people, making sure, you know, and trying to speed things up, particularly uh, particularly if you try to drive down to Niagara Falls with him. <laughs> I think we spent an entire episode talking about that, and that is again another fantastic memory. And at some point, I think that we've, you know, we've paid homage to my dad. I'd love to actually have like my mom and your mom on it sometime. I think that would be kind of fun. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, that would be fun. That would be very, very yeah, yeah. We should, we should have them uh, come by and uh, uh, we, we, we could pull a Getty Lee, as they call it. Absolutely. And I think that between, if we could hopefully get them on at the same time, between your mom and my mom, uh, I think that they could probably even do the out, you know, out, outdo my father. <laughs> I mean, even with just stories about your father, yeah, uh, my mom has a couple. Your your mom has a lifetime full. <laughs> I think as the you and the audience knows, we do family dinners uh, Tuesdays or Wednesdays, depending on when people are available. And this week, my mom was just in a just a giddy, fun, fun mood for whatever reason, and uh, she was reminiscing about some of the stories about my father and she brought up several that I had never heard before and you know once you open up that Pandora's box that woman talked for probably a solid hour wow with just hilarious stories yes amazing and great to hear yeah and it's funny because um you know Susan uh Justy's mom you know fantastic person and uh, and and we've been good friends for years but uh I won't uh, you know I'll, I I won't bring the, tell this whole story again right now because we've talked about it. But when, the the time I was at the uncomfortable Thanksgiving at uh, <laughs> at their place after years of fantastic you know Thanksgivings, this was when they were his parents were uh, separating and potentially getting divorced, but got back together for just uh, just for this occasion essentially. And Justy told me, "Oh no, it'll be like an, any normal Thanksgiving, thirty people in the great room, two turkeys, you know, lots of family and friends, and it ends up being." Kelly and Justin and, and his brother Steve and me and his parents and that's it in a little nook off the kitchen and uh, <laughs> you know and 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 they ask Steve to do grace and he says you know thank you Lord for this uh, you know bounty before us and for taking care of us during this year uh, which has been so difficult with so many issues particularly for my mom and dad but thank you especially for taking us care care of us going forward into the new year which is going to be even more difficult with more problems given their their feelings towards each other. At which point Susan, and we're all holding hands around this table, and Susan, who is, who's fantastic and lovely and, and, and so nice, but not always the funniest person, opens her eyes, turns to me and goes, bet you're feeling really uncomfortable now, which, <laughs> which is very astute and, uh, and funny in retrospect, if not at the time. Well, and so... To, to just give you kind of different perspective on that, mom gave a different kind of lead up to that story because if you remember, um, we showed up there because we weren't, you know, we were living in a different location at that point in time. So we all drove up there. And so mom was saying that leading up to that, 
they, and I don't think you, you hopefully you remember this portion of it, but I, I said, you know, I, you guys keep making commitments to each other. Can you just keep one for once? Well, prior to showing up, they both signed an agreement that it wouldn't be awkward. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. There's mom was looking, she's going to go back and look for the piece of paper. And when she comes on, we can ask her about this, but she stated that in order to make everyone, because Thanksgiving for her was like, that's her day. That was, it's like her favorite holiday. It was everyone's together in this great time. And she was really upset because there was only going to be a few of us this year. So she wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to be awkward. and It was going to be fun. And it was not only as far as from that as you can get, um, the agreement was not held up. And so apparently that night, dad, dad slept in the car. She <laughs> wouldn't even let him sleep in the house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy time. And it was like one of those things where, we, you know, we, uh, um, again, a nor normal Thanksgiving with the Proust, amazing, great stories, great times, uh, a fantastic food, much drink, you know, and then retiring to play some, uh, uh, to, to watch football as people do or to, to, to pull out the old uh, garage band and, and rock out this time. Dinner, uh, very uncomfortable dinner ends fairly quickly, and we just leave. <laughs> and to to wrap up that the story, uh, that was the last Thanksgiving we ever spent with Eric. Yes, yes, and the in the following year, Justin calls me and says, "Hey, hey, you you know you want to come back for Thanksgiving again?" And I said, oh, "I'm so sorry, and I really appreciate it. I don't want to I don't want to bail out because you guys have been so you know you guys have been so generous and kind over the last few years." And by the way, the part of this is. I'm Canadian, so you know I celebrate Canadian Thanksgiving a month earlier, and so the Pruce, uh, Justy, and and the extended Pruce, you know, very kindly invited me into their home several years in a, in a row, including this, you know, this one year where I'm the only person in in a, in a very awkward circumstance, and then the next year I was invited back, but I, you know, I I I I'd said that I had other plans, you know, unfortunately because you know other people wanted to share the Eric love, uh, and Justy goes, this isn't because of what happened last year, is it? And I go, no. <laughs> Of course not. I, that had nothing to do with it. And of course, that's why. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Well, on that note, I want to say, Eric, uh, thank you for 150 to our audience. Thank you guys. And uh, to here's to another 150, 200 more. Yeah, years to another 200 years of sweetness and light. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, all. Yeah.